You're listening to the Illinois Farm Talk podcast. Here are your hosts, Ben and Garth. Hello, I am Ben Calcaterra, and I am here with Garth Reynolds, and we are here to bring you the next episode of Illinois Farm Talk, brought to you by the Illinois Pharmacists Association. Hello, Garth. Hello, Ben. So to begin this podcast, I'd like to take a moment of privilege to talk about the day. Today was my last board meeting as chairman of the board of directors of the Illinois Pharmacists Association. And it was a good meeting. There was a lot of important business accomplished in order to move the association forward. And it was something that left me with a, a good place uh, to step down and know that the association is moving in the right direction. And we have a lot of talented minds serving in all forms and capacity for the association. So I know that I am leaving the association in good hands. But serving the association has been a great privilege of mine, and it has brought both joy and opportunity to my personal and professional life. Throughout my time with the association, I've made great contacts uh, that have turned into great personal friends, and the networking opportunities just by being a member uh, is, is second to none in a professional association. And then, you know, moving up the ranks of giving your time and serving on the board or in a committee and really uh, putting yourself out there to become part of the association beyond just membership is is uh, very enlightening in, in a professional career. I, I've definitely learned that along the way. My time here has definitely taught me how important professional associations are, not just a pharmacy, but to any profession. As I began my pharmacy practice, I just assumed that the laws that regulated pharmacy were made with our best interest in mind, and little did I realize our enemies have many, many resources at their disposal. And professional associations like IPHA, APHA, NCPA, IACP, NACDS, and many many more out there are the ones protecting us and protecting the profession of pharmacy. Just imagine if IPHA was not an effective watchdog when the 10 script limit bills were threatening us two years ago. Just think where we would be right now, not practicing the way we are and not able to be in a place to even worry about all the changes coming with the MCOs and different laws and regulations that are threatening us today. And then as I look around the room at the meeting today, I couldn't help but think of how many hours of donated time there are in this boardroom. It's important to realize just how critical service from our membership is to keep the association running. Whether you serve on the board in an executive office or a regional director, a practice area section chair or student director, or even serving the association on a committee, your time is greatly appreciated. There is a lot to accomplish if we want to keep moving our pharmacy forward. We cannot sit back and rely that there is always someone out there doing that job for us. We have to take it upon ourselves to do it ourselves. Even though we have a tremendous office staff keeping the association running at full speed, there are few in numbers performing gargantuan tasks. Maybe you don't know, but we have three members doing the day-to-day -day office work, one clinical director and one executive director. That's five people in the office. During the lucky months, we might have a student or two. I would be remiss if I did not thank them from the bottom of my heart for all they do for all of us. And to the board members that have served alongside me for anywhere from one to ten very short years, 
Thank you. We have accomplished a lot in that time, and I am very proud of what our association has become. To our membership, thank you for putting your trust in me to lead you. It is a recognition that I hold very dear to my heart. And to our listeners, thank you for letting us bring this association to you in new ways. We have big plans coming for you, and we are so excited to bring them to you. In my chapter of service, as I hang up my hat as chairman, I know that I will be laser-focused on legislation. We have a huge task at hand this fall in Illinois, and we need your help to make some major noise. But what I'd like to talk about now is a key decision that comes out of the state of Ohio. So we're going to switch gears now, and I'm going to uh, ask Garth to talk about what happened in Ohio in, in the past week with their decision on Medicaid and their PBM use with their uh, state auditor's report. So, Garth, uh, what's going on in Ohio? Well, there's a lot going on in Ohio um, when it comes to their managed Medicaid program. The data being collected and the uh, reporting that's coming out of Ohio has demonstrated how it is important for our government officials to be able to look at the activities and practices of pharmacy benefit managers when it comes to manage Medicaid in addition to any other type of state um, taxpayer-based programming. This past week, the Ohio Department of Medicaid made the decision and ordered its managed care organizations that they're contracted with to terminate the current contracts with their pharmacy benefit managers and reissue new contracts using a more transparent pass-through model instead of using the spread pricing model. Um, due to data that has been collected by pharmacies around the state in, in Ohio and also working with the Ohio Pharmacists Association, we're able to help provide data to the Ohio Department of Medicaid in being able to evaluate this decision. In addition to that, the Ohio Auditor General issued a report on the impact of the spread pricing by the pharmacy benefit managers in the Ohio Managed Medicaid program. And they were able to demonstrate that there is a significant amount of spread in, in the Medicaid program. As an example, the total spread in millions of dollars was around 224 million dollars. Um, of their total spend was just on spread. And that's money that's not being used in the most appropriate fashion. It's not properly reimbursing pharmacies. It's going to the pockets of the, of the pharmacy benefit managers. And again, that's not the best use of taxpayer dollars. When they further looked at the spread, they also noticed that there was a significant amount um, of difference paid for community independent pharmacies versus specific uh, chain pharmacies, uh, particularly in this case with the auditor's report, looked specifically at Caremark and, and its actions with CVS and showed that there was huge discrepancies um, when it comes to specialty medications and that there was and that sometimes there was a difference of at least $15 in the spread uh, between what independents were reimbursed versus what CVS pharmacies were reimbursed. A key aspect in showing that this was a calculated effort by the pharmacy benefit managers to coordinate a, a scheme to maximize money back to their organizations and away from other pharmacies the Ohio Auditors General was able to show that there was a regional spread of difference of payment to independent community pharmacies um, based on where they were located in the, st in the state of Ohio. 
and there was some varying um, degree of what that spread was. And in one area where they had lost a significant number of independent community pharmacies, the spread was the greatest in that region alone. The recommendations that were sought out by the Auditor General at this point is he's wanting to help set up more internal controls that the PBMs will be responsible for, more routine compliance audits of the pharmacy benefit managers, and really he wants to get more financial data. Hopefully they can look and crack this open a little bit more and be able to demonstrate um, the true scope of what's being, the actions being done and how the money is being managed, or in this case being mismanaged by the pharmacy benefit managers in the state of Ohio. So how does this affect Illinois? It helps us by showing that what we've been talking about for the last, well, not just the last six months, but more like the last two and a half years, that this type of program is is not operationally beneficial to the state of Illinois, that it is going to have a financial impact on how that program succeeds or not succeeds for the state of Illinois, and that it could ultimately have an impact on overall um, patient access and and the quality of care that they're provided. And this shows that this just isn't an Illinois problem that this is a nationwide epidemic in addition to the um, state employee data that came out of Arkansas er- earlier in the year, um, the um, pullback of what of West Virginia and in, in putting their program back into a fee-for-service structure. They were able to reap significant savings just in their first quarter or well above their projections. Um, in looking at Kentucky where they're starting to pull in data now that um, will be able to sh- to be able to next the next stage of being able to see what the true picture of this of this um, these type of practices are under a managed Medicaid system. So this really helps us with being able to support our efforts of going back to not only the General Assembly but to the um, HFS and to the governor's office saying this program is broken. This program needs to be looked at. There needs to be openness, transparency, and accountability as we continue to look at how this program is operating in the state. And is it really best serving the citizens of the state in the Medicaid program that are receiving the patient care services? Is it truly beneficial to the providers that are assisting the state in the implementation of of patient care and health care in the state of Illinois? So it's interesting to kind of recap a little bit and talking about spread pricing, maybe for some of our listeners that aren't pharmacists or or are not intimately familiar with the retail reimbursement world. Um, What we basically mean is there is an opportunity that we have found that the PBMs, who are managing the prescription services for insurance plans, whether it be commercial, employer-based, state Medicaid through an MCO, Part D, uh, through Medicare, there is an opportunity for these PBMs to basically reimburse a pharmacy at one rate and yet charge the plan a different rate, usually, almost always, a much higher rate, which creates a spread. So if you think about it, they're charging the plan $100 and they're reimbursing the pharmacy on a $20 bill. So that's an $80 spread right there that they're able to reap the benefits without 
really providing any services in between other than just processing a claim. So this is where we are really trying to focus some, some major effort to get the state legislators to realize that this is really not a cost-saving measure to use these PBMs on a state level. Throughout healthcare, you know, on a federal level, it, it's coming to light about just how egregious these, these PBMs are as far as reaping extra money above and beyond the services that they are providing. So if we can truly educate the people that need to know this information in a way that they can understand this very complex system of healthcare reimbursement, it's, it's quite obvious that it is not saving the state any money at all. Um, the question we have is, how do we get the people that need to know this information, the correct information, in a way that they can understand it? Because like I said, it is very, very complex. So this is the task that we have. And uh, as we've talked about in a previous episode, we're going to have veto session coming up in November. And uh, it's going to be a fast and furious six days of educating legislators and educating committee members to try to push some of this information across the table so we can get some bills passed and, and maybe save pharmacy in the state of Illinois, quite frankly, because the way we're headed, uh, it's not looking good. So if, if the tide does not turn from a spread pricing reimbursement method, um, we, we are going to continue to see pharmacy closures across the state and across the nation. Another point to bring up is the fact that a lot of national headlines have come out surrounding this Ohio decision that the state has fired the PBMs from providing their services. So, Garth, is that really true? Is that accurate? Are, are those headlines really the way that it's going down in the state? Uh, no, it is not. So it's not like the Ohio Department of Medicaid uh, ordered the, farm, the managed care organizations to fire or terminate completely the contracts with the pharmacy benefit managers. And that would mean that they would almost be rolling back into a fee-for-service model. Um, what, the, what they have instructed the managed care organizations to do is to re, renegotiate the contracts with the PBMs to establish a, a open, transparent, pass-through model instead of using the spread pricing model. So those contracts are to be terminated and then a new contract to be instituted. Well, if that can happen, then that surely would be one solution that would take us one step closer to a better future in reimbursement methodologies in the pharmacy world, and I sure hope that they can figure something out, and I hope that we can use this information from Ohio to our advantage come uh, veto session. And turning from this conversation on reimbursement methodologies and PBM payments, you know, we also have a lot of pharmacists out there that are practicing community services that we may not fully be aware of uh, on a community level. And we need to know about all those great services, innovative services that pharmacists are providing in the community. So to talk about that, I'd like to bring to the microphone now Starlin Hayden Greeting, IPHA Director of Clinical Programs and Population Health. 
She is here today to discuss how pharmacies can help us in collecting data about the patient care services they offer. Hello, Starlin. Hi, Ben. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for being here. So we're talking about collecting data on patient care services. Can you tell us more about that? What kind of data are you wanting and why is this data important? We've entitled this project Closing the Gap in Medication Optimization Services in Illinois. This is a longitudinal survey gap analysis of the pharmacies and pharmacists in Illinois that are providing comprehensive medication management, also known as medication therapy management. We have paired with the Illinois Department of Public Health, and they have are working with CDC, which is the Centers for Disease Control, who are trying to go nationally finding out what each state is doing so that we can better support the medication therapy management programs in Medicare Part D, but also in commercial care and utilizing pharmacists to do that medication optimization. So we're trying to evaluate what services are out there, what services are being performed, and what pharmacists know about these services, which I agree is very important to know. We need to know where we are so we know where to go forward. How does somebody go to find the survey to complete it? Well, we are posting it on our IPHA website at IPHA.org, and you'll be able to have the uh, click, and you can get into the survey. I want to I want to walk people through this survey. It's not a five question survey. It is a comprehensive analysis of the kinds of diseases, states that you're working on, and the type of medication management services that you're providing for those disease states. So it goes through multiple definitions of comprehensive medication management, medication therapy management, and, and if you're involved in that optimization. Therefore, it is 44 questions long because this is a gap analysis for us to garner the details of the great things that the pharmacists in Illinois are providing their patients that um, the government doesn't know about or commercial insurance doesn't know about. So this is a way for us to see by zip code where we need to improve or where we can brag on some best practices or where we need to uh, bring services in so we can help pharmacists get reimbursed for those medication management services. So Starlin, is this survey supposed to be completed by one pharmacist, one pharmacy, or once per pharmacy group or small chain? We would prefer to know about each individual pharmacist and their participation in medication management. So if you have four pharmacies and six pharmacists, we would like the six pharmacists to fill the survey out. And then when the zip code map comes out, you'll have six stars in your area so that we can see how many personnel, how many trained pharmacists are actively being involved in medication management in your area. So Starlin, is there a timeline or a deadline uh, for when pharmacists need to complete the survey to help us with the collecting of the data? Well, the survey's been out for three years and we've had uh, 187 out of 15 thousand pharmacists answer our survey so we are wanting 
um, a, a quick turnaround of participation so the sooner we get more information the more it supports our efforts to uh, broaden our advocacy and research toward reimbursement for medication management uh, with this being a public health initiative it is allowing us to work collectively with public health to show how pharmacy in, a, in zip codes that are underserved for, with family practice or primary care how pharmacy is stepping up and filling that gap and that's why we want a quicker turnaround so I would like I would like to say in the next nine months is our is our deadline but as you know we've had it for three years so this is our push to try to get more pharmacists involved and we really really need your help it doesn't matter where you work where you want all practice sites whether it's health system ambulatory care community pharmacy uh, retail grocery store wherever your pharmacy is or if you're a pharmacy consultant pharmacist consultant even in the nursing home if you're providing optimizing medication services in any site we want to, we would like to know about it so that we can count our heads in this state so that we can show government and especially commercial insurance that we are prepared to service the citizens of Illinois and I, and I think it's very important for our, our uh, listeners to understand this data is going to help supplement um, a lot of the patient care services that we talked about in a pre two episodes back with our Illinois Community Pharmacy Enhanced Network, where we're identifying those pharmacies, and we hope all of those pharmacies have answered the survey, and if they haven't, we, we definitely um, recommend them to remedy that and, and fill the survey out. because. Both of these approaches are going to be able to help us with establishing pharmacists as providers and pharmacists being able to get properly recognized and reimbursed for patient care services as we move forward in this realm because we cannot continue to have pharmacy based on a product model. Pharmacists are out there providing services, patient care services in their communities. And some of them may not be thinking that they're doing a wide variety of services. And that's why this survey can actually help identify within your own practice, you may be doing a lot more than you think. And actually you may get some ideas from completing the survey of, of, of ways that you could start to helping out your patients. So please go to IPHA.org to complete this survey so we can get the data to continue the argument of why pharmacists need to be recognized in this area. I, I just want to add that 12 years ago, the Illinois pharmacists supported the Diabetes Tensity Challenge and came forward and jumped in and became diabetes educators at the, at the pharmacist level for self-insured employees. And we have gone over hurdles and made great success in this program. And that data and those pharmacists that helped us move the chronic disease management program forward has helped us get our foot in the door but we need to know about what everybody is doing across the state again I'm very passionate about this and I've spent my pharmacy career encouraging pharmacists to speak up and support their patient population and you are your patient's advocates and that advocacy is what will help pharmacy move forward in this in our cognitive services reimbursement roles 
Well, Stalin, you've definitely made the case for the importance of this survey and why the data is going to help further the profession as a whole. So I hope that all of the listeners take note, uh, take this information to heart, and, and log on today to complete that survey because, as we've just discussed, it's extremely important. Uh, so we need your help. Do it today. Thank you. Thanks, thank you, Starlin. Thank you, guys. I'm honored. And also, thank you to our listeners for supporting this show. So check back regularly to see new episodes as we will keep you updated on legislative matters happening around the state. You can find us on the internet at IPHA.org, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as IL Pharmacists. That's plural, IL Pharmacists. Follow us today to stay in the know. So that will do it for this episode of Illinois Farm Talk. Thank you, Garth. Thank you, Ben. Stay tuned for our next episode as the Voice for Pharmacy in Illinois brings you another edition of Illinois Farm Talk. Thank you for listening to the Illinois Farm Talk podcast. 